You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hard to believe, but another Major League Baseball season is in the books. The 2016 edition has come and gone. It's a special uh, season-ending podcast for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers, and we're joined, as always, by our Brewers reporter, Adam McKelvey. And, Adam, I want to take a look back at the the good and the bad and everything in between with the crew here in the 2016 season. And, Adam, I'll throw some topics in your direction, and you just take off and run with those. So I'll ask you uh, the first topic to kind of finish this sentence as we start things off, and the sentence being, the one thing I never saw with this Brewers team in 2016 was dot, dot, dot. What was it? Well, more wins than I expected. But, look, the one thing, Junior Guerra, right-hander, splitter guy. He was pitching in Italy two years ago, Matt, in Italy. <laughs> uh, and he had one of the best rookie seasons at 31 years old. But, look, he's still a rookie in the history of this franchise. Um a sub three ERA. He uh, pitched in a bunch of one to nothing games. He was a guy who could rise to the moment in a tight game. He was their best pitcher. And I don't think anyone saw that coming uh, from a guy who was a waiver claim two days into the David Stearns era. The first player acquired by the Brewers rookie GM turns into a really good starting pitcher. Uh, that was totally out of nowhere. Now, can he back it up with another big season? That is what we'll be looking for next year. Yeah, like you said, uh, it's just it's amazing. You look at the guy's backstory, and he's not, you know, by by baseball standards, a spring chicken. As he's he was thirty one years old, as you said, pitched in Italy, had some, uh, you know, issues in in recent years, but uh, he put it all together this year in twenty sixteen, and became one of the more uh, unheralded, uh, you know, feel good stories of the baseball season. And we'll see what the future holds for him and the Brewers uh, moving forward. Okay, uh, Adam, topic number two, you know, we often talk about, you know, well, which player was the best, which was the most valuable, so on and so forth. I simply want to know from your perspective as the beat reporter for this team, which player was the most fun to cover, simply the most fun? Well, you know, I personally have a soft spot for Martin Maldonado. We call him the Latin godfather because (laughs) he talks like this, and he's really hard to understand. And every day he comes up to me, and he looks at me in the clubhouse and he goes, what you got, Adam? And I tell him what story I'm working on, and every day he tells me it's garbage. <laughs> so I keep trying to come up with a story that he uh, likes, and I, I don't know, maybe I need to write more about Martin Maldonado himself, and then he'll actually <laughs> like the story. But he's a, he's a fun guy. We'll see what they do there at catcher. You know, they traded Jonathan Lucroy. They played a mix of guys leading with Maldonado. Be uh, good enough with the bat to be an everyday catcher, or are they going to try to find somebody? Are they going to play one of the other guys that they got? They picked up Andrew Susak in a trade at, at midseason from the Giants. Um, we'll, we'll see, but I, I hope he remains because he is a very interesting guy and a very, very smart baseball guy, even if you can't understand half of what he said. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I think every clubhouse needs a guy like Martin Maldonado to you know have the keep the levity and keep the humor in the clubhouse in what is always a very long Grueling season, uh, having Maldonados around certainly do not hurt that cause. Uh, Adam, topic number three, uh, the most memorable quote or soundbite that you may have gotten this season from a player or perhaps a coach of this season, anything stand out to you? Oh, yeah, easy. Earlier this year uh, in May, I think it was, the Brewers went to Cincinnati. They played an extra inning game, and Aaron Hill, uh, their veteran sage, hit three homers in the game. He had done very, very little 
at the start of the season, very little in spring training. Uh, so we asked uh, Craig Council, the manager, after the game about this, and he says, you know, Aaron Hill, three homers, man, that's rarer than seeing a dolphin swimming in Lake Michigan. And we laughed at this quote that just came absolutely out of nowhere. Never heard him say anything like that before. And we go in the clubhouse and start talking to Jimmy Nelson, who had pitched that night. And he makes some dolphin reference, dolphin in Lake Michigan. And the, the writers are there. We go, all right, we're getting had here. And it turned out they had come up with a game where the players were feeding counsel uh, a phrase, an odd phrase, and then he was having to task with uh, – fit that into his post game. So that lasted about all of one day because the guys made it a little too obvious, but a couple times the rest of the year, that phrase has come up and something rare happened. It, and it invariably counselor or someone else says, well, it's like a dolphin swimming in Lake Michigan. I love it. I love it. That's something I'm going to try to incorporate in my, my highlights and just my daily conversations with everyday people. <laughs> I, I am very much a fan of that. So great stuff there with the dolphins in Lake Michigan, something I won't soon forget. Uh, Adam, as far as the, the biggest uh, goose bump moment for you or spine-tingly moment, something that took place during a game, uh, what might that be? Well, I, I think the, the thing that comes to mind for me is Jonathan Lucroy's final day with the Brewers. Remember, uh, they had worked out a trade to Cleveland. He vetoed that after just not being very satisfied with what he was told about the situation there for this year and next. So that was uh, on a Sunday morning that he did that. The Brewers played that day. Jonathan Lucroy pinched it late in the game, and Brewers fans gave him a huge ovation because I think everyone knew at that point the Brewers were going to you know, rally and come up with a different trade, which they did end up doing. So he got a really nice ovation from the fans. Uh, it was very meaningful to him. He was uh, a really good player for this team, arguably the best catcher in the history of the franchise. Uh, he also was a, a part of the fabric of the community. He did things not because he wanted publicity. He did them because that's who he was, especially uh, – military endeavors and um i'll tell you we were in texas on this final road trip and and lucroy was there obviously and they uh honored on the scoreboard a world War ii veteran and his daughter was standing there with a sign that said jonathan lucroy was on my father's honor flight hmm. in 2015 when he was with the brewers he did a number of those honor flights out of milwaukee and you know i think he was more thrilled uh than the guys were to have a brewer on the jet he was more excited to meet the vets than the vets were to meet him. A really good guy, a huge loss in that clubhouse, uh, and that, that send-off was the one that sort of stands out to me. Yeah, I think fans often forget that when these trades go down, you're not just uh, losing a player, you're losing a person. And uh, in Jonathan Lucroy, uh, the Brewers lost a heck of a guy in both capacities as a player and a person, so that was a tough loss for them. But as you said, he did some great things in that community uh, during the time that he was there. And uh, we'll continue to do so in Texas, I'm sure. So uh, definitely a great story there with his uh, last game at Miller Park. And, uh, Adam, of course, you know, during the course of, uh, of any baseball season, you're going to suffer a couple of, uh, you know, gut punch losses. And the Brewers certainly had their share of those. So when you look back at those, uh, the quietest or most subdued clubhouse that you can recall uh, following a tough loss this season was what? Uh, well, you know, they were they, this club didn't have many of those, I'll tell you. And, it, and it's not that the losses didn't hurt because they did. They were out of it early. Um, they had really bad pitching in April. They were not expected to be a contending team, and they weren't right away. So uh, to me, the, you know, the, the moment of a quiet, somber clubhouse, uh, I, I think is the morning uh, Jose Fernandez died. Uh, that was obviously not a loss for the team. It was a loss for baseball. 
and no former teammates uh, in that Brewers clubhouse. They only played one time against Jose Fernandez. It was earlier this year. So there wasn't like a personal tie to him, but there, there, there could have been. I mean, the, 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 the level of sadness that morning, it was, uh, it was a gut punch. I mean, that is the perfect way to put it. And uh, that will really stand out to me as, you know, what Jose Fernandez meant to the game and the other players in this game, even the guys who didn't really know him. A uh, huge loss. Yeah, uh, well said, because, you know, as we've discussed before, uh, you know, this was a player that, uh, you know, he resonated throughout uh, all the baseball. It was, I mean, he was huge in Miami considering his, his Cuban background, obviously, but considering how hard his loss was taken by so many teams across baseball, and as you said, very little personal connection between the Brewers and Jose Fernandez, and yet you would have thought that he had spent 10 years in Milwaukee, the way that the players reacted. He was that kind of a of a shining light and that kind of a personality and just such a, a huge, huge tragic loss for this game. Uh, that goes without saying. Uh, Adam, to kind of wrap up, I know that uh, it's going to be tough to top the, the Dolphin in Lake Michigan story or <laughs> anecdote, but is there anything else uh, in your memory bank that kind of stands out as something, you know, cute or weird or quirky that, that happened during the course of the year? Well, I'd have to think about it. I mean, the thing that's going to, the, the thing that'll stand out for me just about this season is, I mean, this isn't quirky at all, but, but just what, what can happen when a team is upfront about its intentions? Um, you know, they drew 2.3 million at Miller Park, pretty good number for a team with about 70 wins. Uh, I, I think that the fans stayed with them through this process. It, it wasn't, Certainly the best season they've had recently, but there were good individual performances that stand out. And I think, you know, if, if you can say this about a team that, that won 70, barely 70 games, it was a good season. Um, and I think that has to do with kind of being honest and upfront about where you're at and what the plan is and asking people to be a little patient with you. Uh, now next season probably will be another rebuilding type year. But then I think the year after that, the people are going to start to get anxious for some victories. And then it starts to be time to turn it up and, and turn a corner of the franchise. And we'll see if they're able to do that. Yeah, and like you said, the 2.3 million attendance number, very impressive because when you look at the other clubs that draw those numbers, you're talking huge markets, you know, New York, Boston, L.A., Chicago, Milwaukee, you know, not of that ilk, but to have the fans come out uh, in a market like that and for a team that was, you know, not a successful team in 2016, that really says a lot about the fan base. They are deserving of a winner, and hopefully uh, 2017 puts them on the right path uh, towards achieving that for this Milwaukee Brewers franchise. And, uh, Adam, hard to believe, but uh, a season's worth of podcasts uh, in the books for 2016, and uh, I would like to thank you for all of your insights and knowledge and contributions to this podcast the entire year. You've been the star. That goes without saying. Uh, it's been enjoyable to discuss things with you, and it's been enjoyable for the fans, of course, as well. I know that we'll speak uh, periodically throughout the offseason, but just not uh, on a weekly basis. So, again, my thanks to you, and I hope it's been fun for you. Oh, very fun. I'm going to miss it, and I still expect you to call me once a week and we can just talk about baseball <laughs> just amongst ourselves. To kind, of, to kind of fill that void, because I think I'll start wow. to feel otherwise it next I'm week. Just not, otherwise, my week will not be complete. Oh, I'm with you there. So, uh, Adam, I appreciate that. It's been a whole bunch of fun, and uh, 2017 cannot come soon enough. So that's a good place to wrap it up. That is 
Adam McKelvey, our Brewers reporter, uh, putting a bow tie on the 2016 Milwaukee Brewers season. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.